staying sharp, pointed, and insightful. This is Stacy on the Right on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. This should never happen to another president. What happened to me, they came up with an excuse for losing an election. This should never happen to another president because most presidents wouldn't be able to take it. I know the politicians, I know the president, I know, I know what we're dealing with. We will redouble our efforts to make sure that we protect all that is important, all that is important to Israel, all that is important to America, and indeed all that is important to the world. Golan Heights is the same thing. For years, other presidents have campaigned. They said they'd do it. This is sovereignty. This is security. This is about regional security. President Trump has just made history. I called him. I thanked him on behalf of the people of Israel. The Trump administration, too, is dedicated to monitoring, combating anti-Semitism. Sadly, we in the United States have seen anti-Semitic language uttered even in the great halls of our own capital. This should not be. And now, Stacey Washington. <laughs> it's time. It's time for Stacey on the Ride here on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. Guess what? Another jam-packed show. Yes, we're going to have fantastic my girl. She's like my little bestie and all like, uh, you know, extra sister because I only have one sister, no brothers. So extra sister, you know, like bonus sister, uh, Kira Davis. She's going to join us later on in the program and talk to us about what's going on in, a, in public schools in California. And it's horrifying. I, I just be prepared to be horrified. Um, we we, of course, have hope and we can always fight back. But we have to be on the front lines of the information, knowing what's going on there and then working to combat it ourselves. And so we're going to be talking with her in the next segment. We are also going to get into this major law enforcement bust that went down. Uh, it's good news. And I love sharing good news on Friday, like good news Friday. So that's a great thing to do. Uh, and we're also going to talk about the why the United States is willing to sell our F-15, uh, F-16 V fighters so the F-16s, we're willing to sell those to Taiwan, but we won't sell them the F-15s or the F-35s. Huge difference in those platforms, and we'll talk about that a little bit. We'll get, we'll get into a little bit of crew chief talk and also, you know, uh, wheels up, all that kind of good Air Force lingo. We'll engage in a bit of that in the last segment. We'll also take your calls. Uh, the call lines are open at 866-963-2037, 2037 So first off, Let's get into the encouragement. Um, I want to talk about the benefits of studying God's word. And so you might be thinking as soon as I say that, oh, come on, you know, we're Christians. We study God's word. Well, do we? Do we study it enough? The Bible tells us that we're supposed to, especially with our children, we're supposed to speak the Bible to them, read it to them, study it with them, share it with them, explain it to them. In the morning when we rise up, in the noonday, in the afternoon, we're supposed to take it to them at bedtime. Um, it, it, you know, we're supposed to be continually marinating in it. And in today's 24-hour culture where we are bombarded with entertainment, the entertainment is not in and of itself a bad thing, but it's one of those things where we can get so entertained that we're literally, there's no room left. We're all full up with entertainment. There's no room left for the quiet study and contemplation of God's word. And and it loses its allure because if you can sit in front of a 60-inch television and see CGI graphics and, you know, 
one person punches another person and that person flies 80 feet in one direction and the sound is coming at you and the visuals are there and the storyline, you know, or maybe you're into documentaries or maybe you're into, uh, you know, uh, guilty over here, British films, whatever the case may be, it's cooking shows, uh, home improvement shows, and all of the audio entertainment we have, thousands of podcasts in addition to regular radio and Thank you for making your home here at AFR and Urban. We appreciate your ears and we love having you in our listening audience. We appreciate you. There's nothing wrong with any of it. You know, it's, it, the, the good, clean content that's out there abounds. And there's plenty of things to entertain ourselves. But where we run into trouble is when those things crowd out as they're, they're meant to do. They're meant to be all-encompassing and to dominate what we do when we're awake. But when they crowd out the quiet study and contemplation of God's word, it's robbing us of something that God has given to us as as a way to cope with this life that we have to walk through before we go on into eternity. This life is too uh, difficult. Our culture is too sin sick. There are too many pitfalls and opportunities for bad things to happen for us to try to go through it. Just, you know, thank you for saving me, Lord, and then try to go it alone. Try to gut it out. Try to get grit our teeth and just make it through. We can't do it. And God knows we can't do it. He knows our flesh. He knows how weak we are. And so in addition to the bounty of things that God's creation provides to us, even if you're not an entertainment buff and screens aren't your problem, maybe you just enjoy being outdoors and that's a great time to commune with God. But if we've got our earbuds in and we're listening to the latest podcast or book on, on, you know, Audible, guilty over here, then, then, you know, even that time doesn't provide an opportunity for us to bask in the glory of God. And he created these things for us because as human beings, we are very creative. He created us like that. And also we are continually seeking new experiences and new things to fill our eyes and our ears, you know, basically to, um, for us to enjoy. We are, we, we continually seek that. And so it's human interaction, of course, but uh, our, the big culprit is literally, I, I believe the studies show it, the, the uh, anthropologists are looking at it. A lot of psychotherapists and psychologists and other people who study human behavior are all pointing to the screens really taking more and more of our time. And so I wanted to share with you a piece I found on the 14 benefits of the word of God. And I love these because I, I know for a fact that this is true because I've seen it in my own life. When I get too busy to get into God's word and study it, my behavior and my life reflects that. My responses to people reflect that. Everything begins to reflect that I have not taken the time out to spend time with God. And we're supposed to be, this isn't meant to say, you know, just get your 15 minutes in in the morning and then you're done for the day. It's a continual relationship. I don't know anybody who would settle for one communication from their husband or their child or, or even a friend, just one a day, you know, and that's it. God wants a relationship with us and he seeks us to want it with him so that we can grow in him. But these benefits of studying the word of God, I, I think they just, they resonated with me and I hope they do with you as well. And I just want to run through them really quickly. I'll post the link to this over on the Facebook page so you can have a chance to check it out for yourself. But this is fantastic. Um, So 14 benefits of the word of God. Answered prayer. So have you been in the valley of indecision? Have you had uh, something that you don't know what to do about and you think to yourself, I just really wish the Lord would tell me what to do? Well, one way that he speaks to us directly is through his word. Um, John 15, 7 and Proverbs 28, 9 
both speak to Jesus saying we can continue in vital relationship with him and his word in us. Whatever we ask will be given to us. If his word is in us, we must conclude that praying in his will brings that about. If we turn our heart and our ear away from hearing his word, then our prayers become an abomination to God. So if we want answered prayer, we have to pour through the scriptures. And nowadays, of course, the, I talked about the, the negative ramifications of the screens, but the benefit of the screens is you're never more than a couple of swipes and a click away from the word of God. It used to be that you had to have a Bible with you and the Bibles were all big. Now, Bibles come in tinier and tinier form if you want paper copy. I have a really cute, teeny tiny one that I take with me to Bible study. And um, it's so well used that now it has coffee stains all over the back from where my coffee mug has spilled over onto it in my Bible study bag. And I was mad about it, but now I'm considering it a badge of honor because at least it means it's been carried around with me because it's got stuff on it. Take from that what you will. (laughs) But I'm saying you don't have to worry about not having the word of God with you. So anytime you're waiting in line and you're tempted to go on and see what's on Apple News or pull up Drudge or pull up, you know, abcgo.com, you can take that moment to just absorb a bit of scripture and say, you know, Lord, speak to me. You know, what, what, what do you have for me today? And get in there and, and get something. And it, it's, it's not, this isn't a thing where you, you do it and there's some miraculous, it's not, it's not like in the movies. It's more of a gradual incremental change that God works in us when we seek his face. So victory over sin. God's word makes us aware of sin and keeps us from sliding down a slippery slope, which is what sin is all about. Sin is not about the big, huge ones so much as it is about the little sins that we engage in that enable us to engage in other sins that are a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger until, you know, before you know it, we are committing the bigger sins. Spirit-filled living comes from reading the word of God. There's no easy way to stay filled with the Holy Spirit. In fact, our environment pushes us in the other direction and stops us from being spirit-filled. If you want to be spirit-filled, you have to go to the source. And how do you understand what God has for us, who he wants us to be, what he calls us, the names he has for us, his relationship with us, how he cares about us? Well, you read what he said about it in his word. The word brings purpose in our lives. Sanctify them in your truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. That's John 17, 17 through 18. Jesus came here to fulfill a purpose And as we study his word, we find purpose in him and we are on the road to sanctification. It's not just setting us apart from sin, but setting us apart for his divine purpose, which is amazing when you get that revelation of what it is. He wants you to do something. What is it? You get to doing it and then you're like, "Woo!" you know, it's it's exhilarating. The word causes spiritual growth. We cannot grow apart from God's word. Spiritual growth is not something that we can do, you know, get in the gym and lift some weights and listen to some Christian contemporary music that, you know, that rubs us up. That's great. Do it. Do not stop working out. But if you want to grow spiritually, you got to lift that spiritual muscle. You got to work that spiritual muscle by lifting the word of God, reading it, studying it, memorizing it, discussing it with others. You have to do it. And spiritual growth includes maturity, and increase faith in God. And remember, it only takes the faith that amounts to the size of a mustard seed to cast a mountain into the sea. So if you can increase your faith beyond that, imagine what you can do for the kingdom. Imagine. The word produces fruit in our lives. The word defeats the enemy. The word brings success in life. And the word makes us competent counselors. Have you ever heard someone give... (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, you're nearby. You hear one person give advice to another person and you just want to jump up and go smack the person who's giving the advice. And you're like, why did you just tell them that that's horrible advice? Well, you can see that when you're more wise than the person who's giving the advice. How do you get that wisdom? Study the scriptures. The spoken word is powerful. So when you're reading the Bible, when you're in the car and you, you know, you stop to go wherever you're going and you realize you have a couple minutes left over. I know that's not, that's not something that happens to me, but I'm sure there are many people out there who are very punctual. You get there a little early. You can speak the word aloud in your car. I mean, I've seen people doing much more weird things than just speaking in the car. People will assume you're on a phone call. Speak God's word. Let your ears hear it. Your eyes are reading it. Your mouth is speaking it. You're engaging all of your senses. And it's fantastic. The word of God is a cleansing agent. Ephesians 5, 25 through 7 says, the word has a cleansing effect in our lives. Have you ever done something wrong, confessed it as a sin, knew God had forgiven you, but still felt guilty? Well, it's during these times that we must allow the word of God to cleanse us because it's a mirror showing our sin and a wash basin to cleanse us from impurities. And it's fantastic. You get the word of God on your mouth and you start speaking that. And before long, you can get your spirit man in line with what God's word says about how you're forgiven and your sins are cast as far away from you as the East is from the West into the sea of forgetfulness, which means God's not thinking about it anymore. So you don't have to think about it anymore either. The word brings us comfort and hope. It gives us guidance and direction, and it brings joy into our life and situation. Now I'm really big on, you know, being encouraging. Uh, I hope that comes through on the show. And I'm really big on, you know, the superlatives and trying to be positive in the face of everything. But I have to say, listening to those 14 things, if you don't feel encouraged to read God's word after that, I'm not sure what else I can do for you. This is probably the best article I've seen on um, the reasons why we should read God's word. The most important reason why we should read God's word is because he's told us to do it. And obeying him brings blessings and obedience to him is a sign that you truly belong to him. And because he told us to, I just say that part twice. (laughs) Okay. So I hope you're encouraged by that. Check it out on Facebook. I'll put the link there. I'll also tweet it out. And up next, after these important messages, we'll have Kira Davis. So stay right there. Walker Wildman for Redeem Clean Laundry Products. Not only do you get a great product and you get to obviously clean your clothes, get the stains out and use the multi-surface cleaner to clean your countertops and use the dryer sheets. You're doing all of this and the money's going to support the work of American Family Association. Redeem Clean Laundry Products were developed by AFA supporters Len Ingram and Jim Duncan to assist in funding the mission of the American Family Association. Redeem Clean products work as well as or better than other products on the market. They're environmentally safe, biodegradable, and they're made right here in the United States. The great thing about Redeem Clean is not only is the product great, but it goes to support a great cause, and that is the work of American Family Association. For clean laundry and a cleaner society, 
It's Redeem Clean. Visit redeemclean.afastore.net. Hi, I'm Crawford Loritz with a Legacy Moment. The other day I was watching a baseball game on television. As I saw a batter preparing for the pitch, I said to myself, there's no way in the world this guy can hit a baseball with that unorthodox batting stance. Of course, he proved me wrong. I think he got a double up the middle. Some things in life work out in unexpected ways. In fact, don't try to figure out God's ways. He doesn't always go by the script. In Judges chapter 7, there's a classic illustration of this. Gideon had amassed an army to go and fight the Midianites. He was outnumbered with the 32,000 he had. But you know the story. Verse 2 says, And the Lord said to Gideon, The people who are with you are too many for me to give Midian into their hands. Now therefore come proclaim to the people, saying, Whoever is afraid and trembling, let him return and depart to Mount Gilead. So 22,000 people returned, but 10,000 people remained. But God says, that's still too many. And the Lord said to Gideon, I will deliver you with the 300 men who lapped and will give the Midianites into your hands. This is amazing to me. There are some lessons for us in this text. Number one, God wants all the glory. The second lesson is that God seems to delight in giving the perception of being at a disadvantage. Of course, we know that our great God is never at a disadvantage. Then number three, God wants all to know that he does what he wants to do the way he wants to do it. Now, here's what I want you to remember today. Don't write a script and expect God to follow it. You'll be sorely disappointed. Just listen to him and do it his way. Legacy Moment with Crawford Loritz is produced by Moody Radio. You can download episodes of Stacy of the Right from the podcast page on AFR.net or UrbanFamilyTalk.com. Now, back to the show on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. Hey there. Welcome back to the program. You can find out more at Stacy on the Right on Twitter and Instagram. You can also go over to StacyOnTheRight.com and hit the subscribe button. Um, you won't be sorry you did that. <laughs> and then uh, AFR.net and UrbanFamilyTalk.com are the websites for our ministry. And we'd be so glad if you would check those out as well. Welcome to the show on this Friday afternoon. It's so good to be with you and to have time together on Friday to take calls and chat. And our next guest is no different. We love it when she joins us. It's Kira Davis. She's a contributor to Red State. She also writes for townhall.com and The Resurgent and so many other places. And one of my favorite things to do is just to read what she's writing about because she's such a fantastic linguist and she puts together all of the the necessary parts of a great op-ed, which is she's entertaining, she's informative, and she's concise. So it's wonderful to have Kira Davis join us on the program. Kira, thanks for coming on. Hi, Stacey. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So um, I hear there are things going on in the California Public School District that need exposing. <laughs> What's going on? What's wrong with those people out your way? What I, I'm waiting on you to crack the whip and get them back in order. Listen, I I maybe shouldn't say this on on the radio, but there's a piece of me that strongly wants to run for governor of this state someday. Mm. I'm here I for it. Just, 
<laughs> do it. We, I, you have enough friends. You have enough friends in media. You could make I something happen. I think you could. Maybe. Yes. Maybe. It's so, I mean, the Democrats and, and the union vote really have things on lockdown here in the state. So it definitely would be an uphill battle. But the battle we're fighting now is against this insane new sex ed curriculum that is being jammed down our throats. Um, it passed very quietly, Stacey, about two years ago. So it's, it's been weaving its way through the legislature, through the, through the um, honing process for the curriculum for the last two years. Um, I think a lot of people didn't really believe that it was going to happen, and so it didn't get a lot of attention. However, mm. the school districts are out of time to implement this new curriculum. So the deadline is fast approaching. And um, now parents are starting to get called in to parent information meetings for their districts to warn them or let them know that this change is coming and that a new curriculum is going to be taught. It's already being taught in some districts uh, like L.A. County and more liberal districts. But I'm in Orange County. I'm a more conservative district. So they're now struggling with what to teach. And I can't even... I can't even tell you all the details of what is in this curriculum because it is so explicit. But we're mm. talking about curriculum for K through 12th grade that um, includes that it's, it's LGBT heavy, so it leans toward LGBT values and issues. It, it um, which might even not be that crazy for some parents to accept. Except the it is very sexually explicit. So starting in kindergarten. There are lessons about um, gay marriage, um, gender identity, the erasure of gender. In fact, the California State Department of Education has adopted framework or recommended framework that that includes gender as being all-inclusive. So basically, there aren't two genders. There are unlimited genders. That's actually officially the term they use, unlimited genders. Um Books on lesson plans on masturbation, oh. anal sex, um, oral sex, um, lesson plans on, um, gosh, I hate to even say this, anal fisting. Um, so why why are, why do they need why do they need to teach the children that stuff? Like, I I get it. People do stuff. I get that. I'm I'm a grown woman. Uh-huh. I am aware. I know. That, so this uh-huh. this isn't about being naive or or. Right. I, I just want. Why do the kindergartners through the sixth grade really K through eight? If you think about your kids at that age, whether your kids are there now or they were, um, those are not those kids are not developed enough to understand what you're describing there. That that stuff is not. This is not stuff they're going to be like. Oh. So that's something people do. Interesting. Kids aren't going to get that. Why Why do they need to know? Well, the answer to your question is twofold, Stacey. So it's what the state tells us and what we know based on our experience, Stacey, you know, uncovering all, you know, the, this, the kind of shenanigans that government plays. We've been doing it for years. So the, the answer that the state will give you. Now, now all this curriculum was developed, it wasn't developed by parents, by the way, it was developed by LGBT activist groups, many of whom are not parents. So these were individual groups that were invited to the state to develop this curriculum with no input from parents. And one of the reasons that they'll give you is, well, we're supposed to teach abstinence. 
So if you want to teach abstinence, then we're going to teach abstinence in the respect that, um, you know, and this is a health issue. It's like HIV prevention. It falls under No, it doesn't. That doesn't stop people from getting HIV, knowing that stuff. They call it, I swear to you, they call it abstinence education. They call masturbation, educating about masturbation, abstinence, because they're giving kids options. So that's their ideas. And their idea also is that if we take the stigma away from these types of sexually sexual behavior, if we take the stigma off of those, then kids won't. They'll, they'll, it'll be more normal. We'll normalize LGBT relationships and values, and then that will solve bullying, and that will solve disparity and all of that. Now, you yeah. and I know, Stacey, that yes. that's not the point. The point is this is a battle for the hearts and minds of our kids. Because but it's also, it's, it doesn't, that doesn't work. So I, I just want to make sure people know that what, what they're saying is they'll expose kids to this at a younger and younger age. And what will happen is kids, they won't have a, a overt reaction to it as if it's something new. But kids who know right from wrong will have an aversion to it based on the fact that they know it's not right. And there will still kids be kids who, well, yeah, but there will also be kids who will still make fun of it. Because if you think about it, um, if I think about the things I got teased for when I was in school, and none of them were actually against the law or or morally wrong, I just got teased because it, I was different than other kids in those areas. Kids are going to find stuff to tease each other over. This this desire by liberals to create a utopia in which kids don't tease other kids, they're never going to get there because kids are always going to find something to tease you about. Maybe they'll start teasing kids and, for being heterosexual, but they're still going to tease yeah. them. Yeah, and that's not the point. The point is sensitize our kids against sexual, uh, you know, against sexual behaviors that are outside the norm and outside of healthy activity for really what are, what should be adult sexual behavior. So it's bringing the age of sexualization lower and lower. And again, I would just like to point out that this is all curriculum and all lesson plans that haven't been approved by parents. As a matter of fact, I was just reading a book today that's been approved, um, and the Human Rights Campaign has also signed on with the State Department of Education oh, to help push the curriculum. I've been and the worst. they picked out this book. They're sending it around for free, and it is a book about two gay bunnies who live in the White House with Pence and Trump, and it, and it paints Pence and Trump as these kind of evil you know, horrible guys, and then they, they actually picture, Trump is pictured as a stink bug. And um, and the whole book is really about how awful Mike Pence and Donald Trump are and how and then how these two boy bunnies oh, meet and you fall remember, in love you, and want to get married. But you know where this book comes from. Um, Mrs. Pence, has, or her daughter, one of, one of the Pences has a book series that features a, a bunny as the, the star character. It's a children's book series. And it's very popular. And she went on The View and talked about it. And this book about the homosexual bunnies is the liberals pushing back against the success of the children's series by the Pence daughter. I think the daughter is the author of these books. That's exactly what it is. And the Human Rights Campaign has has and will and is sending out boxes and boxes of these books to kindergarten through second grade teachers, any teacher that requests these books. Uh, can get these books for free from the Human Rights Campaign, and they come with lesson plans to teach in the classes. So this so stuff been, is out there. So I and I want to I want to make a clarion call to parents. And now, 
full disclosure, Kira is a mom. You have two children, girl and a boy, yep. and you have homeschooled them. You also had your kids in public school, so you're not immune to this issue. You live in California in Orange County, so you're. it's not like you're kind of pontificating from on high. And, and there's nothing wrong with private school. Our kids are in a private Christian school, but our kids have been in public school. Uh, one of them was homeschooled for a year, which I, glory to the grace of God, that was not me. Um, but I, <laughs> I, I definitely want... I want parents to understand and hear from you, Kara, um, what there, there are options here. Obviously, there's homeschooling. There's putting your kid in a private school. There's being in the public school environment and fighting back. What are you recommending for parents? Because I know people are driving and they're hearing you and they're like almost swerving off the road. People are spitting out their coffee and their tea. You know, people are getting enraged and, I, and I'm all for it. I'm here for the enragement because afterwards I hope we get some action. But what are people mm-hmm. to do? People, so we're... We're really calling on people here in the state of California to get involved and fight this because this is not stopping at public school. In fact, the legislature just passed uh, legislation to force this into charter schools. Private schools are not, and homeschool is next. So this fight does not end here. Um, if you have more questions about the information I'm giving you, I mean, it's, it's, it's the rabbit hole is deep. The rabbit hole is deep. So, you can head over to informedparents.org. You can find information over there on lesson plans and, and curriculum that's already being taught in California schools. Or you can go to the Facebook page, Informed Parents of California. We're having a rally, a parents' rights rally, up in Sacramento, which is our capital, next week on the 28th. Um, we're, we're hoping thousands of parents. It's looking good so far. We're hoping thousands of parents are going to come out. We're going to meet at 10 a.m. on the south steps of the Capitol building. We're going to protest um, the, the in front of the State Department of Education, their, their um, information quality uh, board. So they're the ones that approve the framework for the curriculum. They're the ones that are going to set the tone for this curriculum for the next 20 to 30 years. The final vote on the final framework is in April. This is our last chance for a parent comment period. It's our last chance to be heard, so we're going to go up. We're going to rally. We've got some great great speakers there, including me. And then mm. we're going to go to the parent information meeting, and we are going to be heard. We are going to give our comments at the open comments section of this meeting of the Board of Education. Um, so I want to ask... A, available on that site. Okay, what website is it? It's informedparents.org. Okay. And um, Facebook page is parents of California. And we got to give it more than one time to make sure because when people are just getting into the car and listening or if they're just, you know, they're about to get out and they're like, wait, what's the website? So informparents.org. And, I, and if you could just share it onto my Facebook page and I'll share it everywhere else. Um, that, that Especially the event that you're going to be at because we, we do have affiliates in California. And this is worth driving down for because, as she said, yeah. once they get it into public school, they'll force it on the homeschool parents. They'll force it on the charter schools so they can get 100% coverage. And I, I want to say something else in the listening audience. You're not here by accident. Let's pray for not just for, for, for this to be put an end to, for it to be stopped, but for Kira and the, the other parents who are putting themselves out there. You know, the news media might cover it and their faces will be everywhere. And it's a tough road in California being conservative. You know, there's not a lot of pockets yeah. where you can just be wild and free with it. So when you decide to stand <laughs> up on an issue, you know, the pushback yeah. is real because their state has really been transformed from a Republican stronghold into this really weird place. And I want to make one more point. 
Kara mentioned, you mentioned this uh, CECUS. Now, CECUS is an organization, we've talked about it here on the show before, but I want to reiterate for anybody who's just tuning in, I'm chatting with Kira Davis. She's a writer for a ton of different uh, fantastic conservative media outlets, and she's a homeschool activist, public school activist, and she's a mom, and she's out in Orange County, California, and she's reporting on this horrible, it's just like an abomination for them to teach this stuff to kids. And I want to point out that CECUS is an arm of Planned Parenthood. They don't have Planned Parenthood Mm -hmm. in their name. But they affiliate themselves with the U.S. government and they use their government affiliation to force things like what we're talking about now, not just Planned Parenthood, but now this same sex, you know, LGBT agenda, they're forcing it on our kids. And so when people say, there's a point I want to make, it's, it, this all goes together. And I, I get so upset about this because I've had people tell me before, you know, you talk about Planned Parenthood too much. You talk about abortion too much. You act like abortion is the only thing that matters. Well, if it weren't for America having lawful abortion, we wouldn't have CECUS. If we didn't have CECUS, Kira wouldn't be fighting this organization that's bigger than she is, stronger than she is. Perfect opportunity to rely on God because he can win this battle. We can't. He can. But it wouldn't even be an issue. Do you understand that? Where does the LGBT movement get part of its power, a lot of its funding yes. from yes. Planned Parenthood? Yes. So it, when, when I'm talking about abortion, this is an issue that reaches into every facet of our lives, whether we want to acknowledge it or not. And the reason I'm passionate about it is because I believe that the way you can delineate any political person, any, any candidate, I don't care what their dog catcher, if they're pro-life, you can almost... It's over 80%, sometimes it's over 90% chance that that person's going to be with you on every other issue if you're a Christian worldview conservative. Mm-hmm. If the mm-hmm. person is good on life, they'll usually be good on the Second Amendment, religious freedom, First Amendment, the Constitution, etc. And so the fight that you have is with these people, but it's with Sikas, it's with Planned Parenthood. And we'll be praying for you. I ask the listening audience, remember Kira and this issue uh, when you sit down to pray over your meals. And Kira, thank you for the work that you're doing and, and for being you, out there. You know what I mean? I, I know so I know much. what you're going through. Um, yes, thank you. You come back on and give us some updates and have a fantastic weekend. I will. Absolutely. All right. Thank Good to talk so to you. You're welcome. All right. That was Kira Davis. You can find her at, at Kira Ann Davis on Twitter. I'll tweet her so you can follow her as well. Um, We'll be back with more after this. Stay there. His Uncommon Moments. Here's former Super Bowl winning NFL coach Tony Dungy and his wife Lauren sharing from their book Uncommon Marriage. Lauren and my ideas about marriage and family did not come right away. Some of them came only with great pain. But over time, they've helped us find out who we are. That's not to say we have it all together. Even today, we're still learning. That's right. Tony and I have tried to build an uncommon marriage by following two basic principles staying focused on each other, and letting God lead our marriage. So for better or for worse, we press on, side by side, committed to each other. And if we continue to trust in God, He'll lead us through whatever life sends our way. 
and He can do the same in your marriage. Tony and Lauren Dungy, authors of Uncommon Marriage, learning about lasting love and overcoming life's obstacles together. Discover more at CoachDungy.com. There are many ways you can listen to the shows of Urban Family Talk. One of those ways is through our very own app. Whether you have an iPhone or an Android, just go to the App Store and search for Urban Family Talk. You'll have immediate access to 24-hour programming as well as the podcast for each show. You'll be able to tune in no matter where you are. Speaking of tuning in, we have our own channel on another radio app called TuneIn. Cool, right? Urban Family Talk is everywhere. Just download the app and take us wherever you go. On the Hour of Intercession, we have guests on a regular basis, and sometimes our guests have titles like doctor or pastor, but sometimes they have no title at all. Pastor Joseph Parker of the Hour of Intercession. One powerful truth to recognize is that every believer has a testimony, and they can teach you something about prayer as they share their own personal prayer journey. Listen weekday afternoons at 1 Central here on Urban Family Talk. The Dean's List with Janice Dean. The Dallas Public Library makes today's Dean's List for giving away prom dresses to high school students. High school proms are unforgettable celebrations for teenage students preparing to start the next chapter of their lives. But unfortunately, prom outfits can be pricey. So the library hosted their fairy tale closet program at both of their Texas locations during which students were encouraged to hunt through racks upon racks of free, new, and gently used formal wear that were all donated by local residents. Melissa Dees is the Communications and Youth Service Administrator, and she was overwhelmed with how many people wanted to help. One year there were twins who were both needing a dress, and their mom was, you know, kind of frantic about what she was going to do. And they were so grateful to um, receive the dresses that they came back and acted as volunteers. Thank you, Dallas Public Library. You made the Dean's List. Janice Dean, Fox News. This is Stacy on the Right with Stacy Washington on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. Operation Wrecking Ball. With a code name like this, Operation Wrecking Ball is a 43-count indictment, including 56 defendants on a multinational, multi-state uh, drug conspiracy organization. You know devastation was the goal. One of the biggest, most complex uh, cases that we've seen in, a long, in decades probably here in Houston. The feds say they busted mostly Dominican nationals accused of distributing cocaine and heroin on behalf of a Mexican cartel. These are photos of some of the alleged dealers arrested in a roundup this morning. The end result of a 31-month-long investigation. As we worked on the investigation, we identified six separate distribution cells uh, here in the Houston area, all tying back to the same source of supply in Mexico. Will Glaspie is the DEA's special agent in charge and tells me drugs and money originating south of the border made their way into the Houston area, then well beyond, as this graphic illustrates, the drug ring stretching as far north as New Jersey and Boston. As we worked on the investigation, we identified six separate distribution cells uh, here in the Houston area, all tying back to the same source of supply in Mexico. The feds say up to 100 kilos of drugs were hitting the streets of Houston every month and believe Operation Wrecking Ball did some major damage. This alleged drug ring has ties to a major cartel leader in Mexico who remains at large. Uh, so welcome back to the program. Thank you so much for being here. 
And I just want to reiterate that what the first thing we have to do is we have to continue to pray for the situation in California. Um, there are a number of Christian organizations that are working against this this awful new uh, sex ed program. And Kira is working, you know, in, in conjunction with that, but also on her own to organize parents. And so this this is a concerted effort that's being launched out there. And we got to keep praying for them. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Abigail who posted a picture. She's using her smart TV to watch the show on YouTube. <laughs> that's awesome. All right. So thank you so much for sharing that. That's wonderful. Um, so I, I, let's, let's give the phone number out. 866-963-2037. 866-963-2037. So I had someone ask me why I haven't talked about Janine Pirro and Fox News and to be honest with you, I've been so bombarded with the immigration stuff and um, some of the other subjects that we've been covering this week. I've just, I've not paid as much attention to it. Now, you guys know, full disclosure for us, we're cord cutters, so I don't have Fox at home. So as often as I've appeared on Fox Business in the past, I catch the actual hit itself on YouTube or someplace else because we don't have cable. So we have I mean, we have a ton of like a Roku stick, a Fire Stick. We have the smart TV, like one of those. And and so between those things with the Roku, I can catch any programming that I want using my Amazon Prime subscription or subscribing to, you know, a specific service to see something that I might want to watch. We watch very little live television. So I don't have, uh, you know, I honestly, I catch Janine Pirro's clips and I watch those. So... Here's the update on that. First of all, she was suspended for her comments about the uh, wear of the sign of uh, women's oppression, the headdress of oppression. Uh, Ilhan Omar had made the anti-Semitic comments and was getting away with it. Janine Pirro made some comments about her. And honestly, it's her opinion. So she does an opinion show for Fox and she was giving her opinion about Ilhan Omar. And what I don't understand is how it's okay for Samantha B to spew profanity week after week after week on her show and say the most awful things. She uses the most vulgar profanity about everybody under the sun. And Janine Pirro comments on how un-American it is for Ilhan Omar to wear the headscarf of oppression and to say these anti-Semitic things and sit in Congress on the Foreign Affairs Committee and she's suspended. Then they hire Donna Brazil, who I understand is a very nice woman. If one more person tells me how nice she is, I know she's nice. I know she's she's a kind, gentle-hearted woman. She's fantastic to go to dinner with, and everyone who knows her loves her. She just happens to be a Democrat. I know. That's not the issue here. People are comparing the fact that Janine Pirro has been booted off the air for a couple of weeks, suspended, while they hire this this lady, Donna Brazil, who's a hardcore leftist. Now, Remember, we understand how television works. CNN hires conservatives. They need conservatives to come on their air and comment. And they have to pay them to do it because people like me won't go on CNN for free anymore to do it. I I will not go on CNN for free. If they want me to come on there, they have to pay me. They haven't made me an offer, so apparently I won't be going on there. And yes, I turned their producers down. They They have my cell phone number. They text me. I say no thank you. Okay? So... They have to pay people. So it's it's similar, but not quite as bad for Fox because their ratings are so huge. If you're a liberal and you want you want traction, you want followers, you want to start an online conversation, you want to go viral, go on Fox News. 
But they're hiring Donna Brazil because, you know, they kind of pass the same contributors around. The, the biggest names like Donna Brazil, she's already been at CNN. She's had her run there. She had the scandal at the DNC giving the questions to Hillary Clinton. She's gotten past that. She was back over, I'm not sure, at CNN or MSNBC, one or the other. And now she's been hired at Fox. But the timing is what looks suspect here. So I'll just say this to you, okay? Look, uh, Roger Ailes is not Fox News anymore. He's gone. And a lot of the people who made Fox News, the stable of Fox News hosts, what it was, it was a very specific and unique mix. It had Megyn Kelly. They had, um, you know, uh, what's his name? Now I can't think of his name, but you know who I'm talking about. He was on, he had a syndicated radio show and then he also had, now he's over at Newsmax. They had him and he had the sex abuse scandal or, you know, sexual harassment scandal. And now he's gone. And now the sons are running it, you know, cause it, and they're much more liberal than their father was. And so Fox News is at a crossroads. They still have fantastic talent. I, I have friends who are working over there. So this isn't an indictment on, on it at all. I still like it. And I can tell you this, if they follow, if they fire Judge Janine, um, they're going to be at, a, at a, a, a nexus where they have to make a choice about what they're going to do with their programming. And if they decide to go left, there's already an abundance of leftist programming. People are ready to bounce. I've already seen tons of comments of people on, on different places, even on this stream right now as we're talking, people saying they don't watch it anymore. So there are outlets out there who have already stood up their organizations to fill that gap. And it'll be a huge gap because the viewership of Fox News, it's the single place for conservatives to go get their news and opinion programming. It's the powerhouse. And the companion website, foxnews.com, let me tell you, talk about viral hits, like major traffic. I have had th maybe three op-eds over there. Oh, my goodness, the avalanche of traffic. It's just a beautiful thing. You just dream about it at night. Like, if I could just get one little, like, you want to mention over there. I, I can't believe they'd throw that away. It's like literally burning cash. But we'll see, won't we? Only time will tell what they'll do. I wish I had some back channel for you. I wish I knew something more. I mean, my gut tells me they're going to, um, they're going to bring her back because of her viewing audience and because this really isn't that egregious of an issue. I don't even know why they suspended her, to be honest with you. But I don't know. So call lines are open 866-963-2037, 866-963-2037. Mary in Texas, happy Friday to you. Thanks for calling the show. Miss Washington, I just Hello. wanted to say I enjoyed your conversation on God. Primarily, I'm a, because I'm a Christian, and I was delighted you talked about the urgency to read the Bible. Mm. And it reminded me of a problem I had a couple of days ago. And unfortunately, I didn't, I failed to read my Bible and I allowed God to work through me. And I appreciate you reminding me of that. Uh, it's very, very important that we as Christians read our Bible. Amen. But, I, I, I felt uh, it today. I, I've had the same yeah, thing as you, Mary. We're uh, in the same I, spot. I, I, I was so glad that you talked about that. But I, I got one question, Ms. Washington. Yeah. Um, I know you're a Christian. I'm not doubting your faith because that's, I can't, you know, do that. Uh, but one question. Do you think that, you know, like God, it, it's so precious, but do you think he, well, sometimes you talk to people so rudely, and do you think that you cut people off and you don't let them talk? Do you think that's right now? Hmm. I think it's 
perfectly fine, yes, actually. Because, let me just say one other thing. Because just because somebody has a different opinion, that doesn't mean you got to get rude with them. You just let them express their opinion and, you know, keep it moving after that. But, you know, I appreciate Should I let them lie? Should I let them but lie? How do you, but how do you know they're lying? I mean, right Well, if they're there, talking about me, if, if they're talking about me. What I'm saying, but let me say this. What I'm saying is, it's not so much whether they're lying or whatever. Let them get their opinion across and then you can judge whatever you want. Because it's your show. I, I, it's not mine. But just let them get their opinion across. You know, because, and, and like I talk to Janet sometimes and, uh, another lady that has a program, I can't think of last name, but I, we don't agree highly on nothing, but I love talking to her because she's a Christian, you know, and I, t- I tell her every time, I love you in the name of Jesus. And she lets me get my point across and she may not agree with me ever, but we can agree to disagree. Okay. So Mary, you're probably referring to earlier this week when a caller called in and said that I only say good things about white people. I don't say good things about black no, no, people no, and honey, black I people never, are good too. I never said that. No, I but I'm, I, I understand that. But what, I, what the, let me make my point to what you're okay. saying about um, you commenting to okay. Janet Parshall that you love her and that y'all have good conversations. And we do have people who right. call the show and they disagree with me and I let them have their say. Earlier this week okay. when that person called in and said that, uh, you know, black people are good, too, and I cut her off. So when you say I should let them finish what they had to say, I the, the what she said when she began and she encapsulated it and then she began to kind of reiterate it. That's when I cut her off because there's no point in us going any further in a conversation if she believes that I as a black person believe that white people are better than black people and that black people aren't good. And so that's why I cut her off. And no, I don't always cut I, people I, off, but I do cut people off when they're lying. And I'm, I can't allow someone to I call the show and lie and make their whole point and continue to go on and on and express, on about it. Yeah, I heard what she said. You didn't let her express what she was, was getting into. She was and done. I heard that conversation. Yeah, she was because, done. Um, but, you know, you have to... In my opinion, you know, she never did get a chance to express what she was saying. No, I, I don't and, have to. And, and, and Mary, I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying, but I don't have to let her go on after she's already said something about me that's not true. And I, my producer just let you go. That wasn't me. But, you know, and, and Jason knows how to to, to navigate this. Um, I, I just, I want to make it clear that, it's it's not any animosity or anything where I'm like, let me see who can call today so I can cut them off. I don't need to do that. And I have had people come on and express themselves and I've gotten emails to the opposite of what Mary just said. I had a guy email me about four paragraphs and he was very upset with me and he did not, he, he didn't defame me. He didn't insult me personally, but he went on about how I let a guest come on and talk about Joe Biden. And he said it was like a Joe Biden commercial. Now, the guest was invited on by my producer, the associate producer for the show, and the topic was supposed to be 2020, but the guest kind of went off onto a tangent because he loves Joe Biden, and I allowed him to you know, go through, and I pushed back appropriately, but I didn't cut him off. So I'm in a position right here with a listening audience of this size where if someone calls 
and says, I, I don't believe black people can be good. And I let them make their whole point. Someone will email and say, you shouldn't have let them make their point. You should have cut them off. I'm also in a position where if I don't let people make their point, then someone will call in and say, hey, you should have let them make their point. I have to make the call. I have to make the call based on the in the moment what's going on at that time. And usually just just to make sure you guys understand there have been times where I've cut people off where I've been convicted by the Holy Spirit and I felt bad about it. I've talked to my producer about it and we've decided, look, there's a better way to handle that. There have been times where I've talked to the general manager of AFR about conversations that have happened on this air or emails that have been sent about conversations on this air. And we have kind of gone back and forth on what, 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 would, what would he do? What does he recommend I do? And then I go from there. I pray about the program and I want to bless other people with it, but I do not have to tolerate someone calling and insulting me or lying on the air about things that I've said. I'm not going to tolerate it. And I think that since it's my choice, I'm, I'm perfectly willing to hear the criticism, but I'm also perfectly willing to say, we disagree, Mary, but I do appreciate the call. God bless you. And I love that you are a strong Christian and that you're willing to listen to programming that you disagree with and still hear Uh, hear the opposing viewpoint and go from there. That is a sign of maturity. Um, But as far as me, like after that interaction um, with the person earlier in the week, I I didn't like the way it went, but I didn't feel as if I I couldn't, like it wasn't one of those things where afterwards I was like, darn, I didn't feel that at all. And, you know, sometimes I do, but that wasn't one of them. If you want to get your point across on this show and you want to have an opportunity to share, don't start off by insulting me. I've had people say that I'm thin-skinned. Call it whatever you want. I call it Stacy on the Right here on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. I'm controlling the buttons. And also Jason. Jason's in today for Devin. <laughs> so if you're leaving us now, God bless you from the heartland. If you're sticking around... There'll be more after these messages from onenewsnow.com. Keep it here.